Welcome to the Surly Horns Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 11. I almost just fucked up because I'm drunk and said Season 10, Episode 2. Hey, wait, hold up. No, none of those numbers <laughs> make any sense. RGB3, how you doing today? Hey, hold up. He just, he just messaged us. <laughs> Our special guest today is Jeffrey the Shark McCulloch. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome oh, we, on. We, we are so happy that you are here. And without even just any introduction at all, we're just going to go straight into Pro Day. How do you think okay. you did? How did you feel about it? What are you thinking? The scouts were giving pretty good feedback. They were saying I did well um, all my times and numbers and everything that they tested us on was good. Um, so good. It was to the point where they were pretty much amazed that I was able to take a year off and still awesome. be able to come back and do that. So that was just a blessing in itself, uh, being able to get their attention. That's all I needed was to be put in front of them, put in the room. And I finally yeah. got that opportunity after a year, and I feel like I capitalized on it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because it is, I mean, it's got to be tougher too, you know, taking that year off. And I know you've had a lot of stuff working, you know, obviously McCombs grad, you got to be, you know, busy guy. Um, so I know you've had a lot of stuff working to so be able to keep that f- fitness up at that level and still compete at pro day with, you know, the big, you know, Joseph Osai and stuff. These guys that, you know, have all the scouts attention to be able to turn their heads away from that. Um, you know, kudos to you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That was one of my biggest things was just do me, run my race and make them feel me. Uh, Absolutely. Don't be left out. Where are you looking at, uh, where, or where are the scouts looking at you mainly, um, you know, uh, inside, outside, edge, where, where, they, where do they well, envision you? Orlando moving me around is giving me the ability to market myself as a hybrid. Um, I can play any of the four or five linebacker positions, inside, outside, weak side, field side, safety, nickel, uh, not your traditional safety, but your roll down boundary guy. I've just been able to put all of that on film. So that's the way the NFL has been perceiving me. He's a special teams guy that can play all special teams and he can go play any linebacker position for anyone that goes down. That sounds like a 15 year player to me. I mean, that's, that's what teams are looking for versatility. (laughs) You know, you're looking for, you know, a guy that can come in, you know, Hey, let's get shark in there. You know, Hey, we're, we're in this, Mm -hmm. you know, we gotta, we gotta cover this random guy that, you know, is giving us fits, put shark in there. You know, that's, that's, that's huge. And then just the ability and the attitude to play special teams alone is something that, you know, some people, you know, they're not looking for that, but, you know, you can carve a good-ass career out of that. I don't understand why people don't like special teams. They're like, that's one of the funnest parts of the game, especially as a linebacker. You mean to tell me I don't have to read? I don't have to make a call? I have no responsibilities. All I have to do is run and hit. I can run do that. Hit. Like, that's yeah, that sounds I fun. That. <laughs> Take the thinking <laughs> out. That's the way it's supposed to be. Use your head in All a different this, way. <laughs> man, having to know route combinations and what coverage goes with what, who's probably going to get beat, where my safeties need to be for run help, uh, RPO, like all this other shit that goes to your mind before a snap is it, not, it's irrelevant on kickoff. Run straight. Run straight, yep. hit the person with the ball. See ball, hit ball. <laughs> I can yeah. fucking do that. There you yeah, go. and if the guy gets behind you, just hit somebody else. <laughs> hit something. So how how big did you feel before your pro day? Did you feel as big as when you graduated before the year off? Did you feel bigger? Did you feel smaller? Did you feel leaner? Like, how did you feel physically from, you know, like your frame and and everything that you were putting on going into pro day? Uh, Okay, there's a question. So I was much lighter. Um, I was about 30 pounds lighter than what I played at. So I felt like a feather out on the field. It's a lot easier to show pass rushing and all these other things when I had the ability to. 
Uh, I just was a little bit overweight in college, but now I'm back to the weight that I need to be 230, 235. I'm able to move. I'm limber. Uh, been doing a Pilates. Who, who would ever thought I'd be in Pilates? But yeah, right. Been doing Pilates. <laughs> uh, and I am uh, have better ankle flexibility, hips, just the joints that I needed that I didn't realize were essential. Um, they've all been amplified in this time, and I've had more time to work on these things. So my body felt really good going into Pro Day. That's awesome. Have you been, I know I've heard that a lot, you know, after kind of the transition from McKnight um, uh, to Becton now, um, have you been training with the, with the current team as well, or are you just doing it all on the side? Um, I've been out in Houston at all in gym with a guy named Justin Allen. He's the owner of the gym. He's been preparing me for since the day I came home from LA, the very first day. So we got, got to work and we hadn't stopped since then. The transition from Yancey to the new staff, um, they seem cool. I, I really hadn't been around them much besides Pro Day, but I know one thing, they're, they're a family. <laughs> they came yeah, in and we was awesome. like, they were like, look, we're Longhorns now too. Y'all are Longhorns, so we're on your side. Whatever you need today, we're here for you. You need to stretch, you need to warm up, you need us to slow the pace down. This is your day. We're here to help you. Is that? Do so, uh, you think that's different from some of the other Pro Days that like maybe you weren't like a, a participant of, or do, do you feel like that's a little bit different where it is a little bit more inclusive with this staff? You mentioned that, but I'm I'm just kind of trying to dig in a little bit on that. Um, this staff is more focused on them. They're focused on the now and what can we do. They're not so much looking at the past and the future. Uh, it's about what's happening now. How do we make the best of what's in front of me right now? And that's why I like this staff. That's nice. awesome. Even while we were yeah. down there, they were like, okay, y'all are our vets. Y'all are who these guys look up to. You're going to the league. We want you to come back and work out with us. Uh, Man, that's crazy to think about. Like we want you around them. That they, that they, they're, they're willing to invest as much as they can in the here and now, because being a longhorn now is what matters. That's, well, I think it's cool too, you know, cool take. if you think about it, I mean, it's the current staff that, you know, Technically, they didn't really have any ties to the guys that are at Pro Day. Um, you know, all these guys that are graduating, they have had limited experience to begin with. So, you know, investing that time is, you know, just just in and of itself is is it? It's a. I think it's pretty refreshing um, to to just hear about you know the level of involvement that the staff is you know kind of putting in. But um, so Shark, uh, you know, you mentioned you know you've you've taken this year off. What what else does life look like? You know, besides just training and trying to you know, slim down and doing all that Pilates, you know, what, what else does it look like? Uh, I know you're uh, getting into your entre- entrepreneurship quite a bit. Yeah, man, it, it looks, it looks good on the outside. It looks fun before you start doing it and you realize you have to do everything, <laughs> but I've, I've opened up a few companies since I've stopped. Well, not stopped since I've left campus. So to say, I don't really know how you classify it anymore because it's Corona. But, uh, yeah. Right. Since my time away from the university. I have yep. started a few companies, the concierge company that handles uh, luxury rentals, um, whether you need a Ferrari, Lamborghini, Rolls Royce vehicle, a condo downtown, do you need a mansion on the lake, do you need a yacht on the lake, uh, it just depends on whatever type of night or event you're planning on having, I have those types of uh, assets at my disposal to be able to rent out to people. Then we That's have awesome. real estate development, I actually have a meeting Sunday, I am working on a athlete development it'll be six homes six to eight homes uh town homes going up all purchased and financed through different types of players i've either played with or know throughout the game if you've gotten your check from the league you know they're investing with me on that project what else do we have going life after media i've seen a lot of that um you know obviously we've you know that's that's one of the reasons why we were so interested in having you on as well. You know, we saw you know y'all's reflections on the Herman era and and thought mm-hmm. you know wow what a what a what a what a perfect opportunity to 
you know, talk about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I just actually just just got off the phone out of that meeting. Um, we have <laughs> three or four new series about to launch at the beginning of April. Um, Life After Gives Back, Life After Workouts, Life After Money Mondays, and uh, Life After like Big Brother series where they're giving us knowledge on how to make the transition into the real world. Basically, the questions y'all were asking me, what have I been doing there? These big brothers are here to help make the path easier for guys that are making the transition like myself. Well, so we have those series going on, going to be filming and, and telling those stories and getting those stories out there to people so that way we can grow that page. You told us on Twitter that you had plenty of time and you were open, but it, it really sounds like you're you keeping pretty busy. So yeah. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you schedule, out. So it's not too bad. Uh, I'm allowed to out say time. when and when we don't meet. If I'm busy, yeah, no, nah, let's cancel it going to the morning. So I have a little bit of leeway. That's the one only, one and only nice thing about working for yourself. Everything else Absolutely. is <laughs> Yep. So you got your schedule, but you still got to follow through with the schedule is what I've kind of figured exactly. out. Exactly. So. <laughs> That's the harder part. Yeah. So on, on pro day, how is it all structured? Do they do subsequent workouts where one athlete goes and then another athlete goes, or is it kind of, okay, we're going to do these skill position guys or is like Sam Ellinger just out there throwing balls and then you guys are running shuttles over on the other side. How's that all set is up? Is it a spotlight or is it? Yeah. So like I was saying, the new staff had it incredibly streamlined. All testing was done first, weight, height, uh, arms, all the usual. Uh, and then we moved on to bench press and vertical and our numbers, our 40 and all the, the combine stuff. And then we went position wise for field work, Sam, then linebackers, DBs then uh, D-line, then receivers went with Sam. It was just each position went by themselves. Oh, so Sam went first by himself. Yeah, Sam went just... first, but he had a ton of receivers. Sam had a team in there. Sam was not by himself. Let's just, let's just <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam was not by himself at all. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we got to, you know, kind of jump in and we got to talk about the Tom Herman era. You know, it's been a big topic, a topic of conversation for all Longhorn fans all year long. And, you know, it's it's nice to, you know, kind of get into look into the future, but it's nice to reminisce as well. And I got to know, are the piss charts and the burnt toast and runny eggs? Is that real? <laughs> real as the fucking be, bro. Oh, I knew it hell. <laughs> What? Really? Straight in, straight in. No fucking lube, Rob. Yeah. So, how many times were you just? uh, Yeah. So, how many times were you a bad guy in terms of your your piss? Because the orange. um, It's not allowed to happen often, but of course it does. Because you know I'm not a computer. I don't have a cord coming out my ass, but it happens. You can't let it happen often, especially me being a leader of the defense, being the linebacker, the one that keeps everything together and under control. I had to be the guy that was right every day, so I had to be up at three, four, chugging water to be sure I couldn't miss it. That's crazy. Up at three or four in the morning to piss. So that you're yeah, because you're just it's would, running would through level. you. How how was it measured? Like, did you piss in like a thing and then you held it up and you fucking like showed other people, or did they like nah, take your piss like, and fucking it was like a drug test every morning. You had uh, weight interns that would stand at the urinals and you had to back up and they watch you piss into a cup. And then what? your nutritionist has a um a little thermometer looking thing that tests the salt level and I don't I don't know the science. So somebody touched it. your piss every single morning. Every morning, <laughs> that, you that, put a glove on okay. and stick the little thermometer thing in there, and it would tell you either hydrated or not i thought it was like uh, so when i saw the piss chart originally i was thinking like okay it's like hey here's a chart above the urinal they take a piss and it's like you know trying to be conscious of it. it's like a it's like one of those cat hang in there posters where it's just like hey now, we see, really want you to nope i did that, not know that would make sense pissed. 
Yeah, that right? would make sense for grown men, you know. That that's kind of what we thought it was going to be, but no, it was a, a literal. It had they had to watch it leave your shaft and go into the cup and then watch you oh walk my the cup God. over to uh to get tested every morning. I can, so every morning then, before five forty five, you had to pass. If not, you was going home and coming back Saturday night. Oh my God, I would fail every time. And, championship and then, levels of hydration. Yeah, and then the, and the without the championships though. Yeah, not, no that, that's not oh, that's not a knock on you. That's not a knock on you. We got a few of them. Wait a minute. Yeah, we got hey, a sugar, sugar bowl. bowl we went to the Big Twelve Big, championship. Big Twelve. Come like on, it just didn't work. Hey, it was hey. in order to win those big types of games and those extremely big moments. Everything has to fall into place perfectly all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just for didn't sure. for us. And you know what? If you're if you care so much about your player's piss level why do you not care how they eat was always what i was concerned about so the burnt eggs the like the burnt toast part i want my players to carbo load you know i'm not eating burnt toast i'm yeah. just i just can't do it i mean that was just more of a point uh yeah i guess that was so. make sure you eat later in the day it was just bullshit for breakfast yeah I guess that's true. Yeah. But uh, so I also got, we got, I have to touch on the story because I've heard it a billion times and I'm guessing you were, you were in the locker room. Did in Tom Herman's opening press conference with you guys, did he really oh, tell God. Malcolm Roach to sit the fuck up? Shut the yeah. Fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he I, did. That's crazy. Like one of the most respected guys yeah. in the locker room and you're telling him to sit the fuck up on your very first time you're meeting everybody. Very first day. It, it was, yeah. Tom Herman did some good stuff for the university, you know, it, you know, going from Charlie Strong, who I know you were recruited by, you know, actually my recruitment started with Matt. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, wow. Yeah, was, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. Back, we're we're going to, we're going to get into your full, we're going to get into your full recruiting story. My, but, my good colleague, RGB three loves to get ahead of himself. He loves to make <laughs> predictions like losing in the first round of the tournament. He's oh just, he's just, he, just got to be off. He's got to be off. Yeah, I but, predicted that jokingly, and then it happened, and now I feel like the biggest asshole on the planet. I was like, you so are the biggest fault. asshole. Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. Bro, the 13th seed. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? So I work with a guy who grew up in Scotland. Uh, until he was in his mid to late 20s and then moved to Uruguay. It lives there now and whatever, right? I was like, do you watch any American basketball at all? Do you understand what the tournament is? And he was like, no, explain it to me. And so I explained to him, you know, there's 64 teams. They're like, there's there's hundreds of teams and they choose the 64 best teams and then they seed them and the best team plays the worst team. And subsequently, right, you know, like one plays 16, and then two plays 15, and three plays four, you know, mm-hmm. explain that all to him. And then I was like, and then Texas was the number three team, and they played the number 14 team. And Texas is this university, right? It's the biggest university in Texas. It means it's like top five university in the United States for public universities, which means mm-hmm. it's like top 10 university for public institutions in the world. More so money than Davy Crockett. <laughs> Yeah, that's that school. And then um, nobody's ever been to Abilene, school, Abilene Christian, <laughs> which you, like, you've never, never heard of and nobody's I'm ever heard of, of for very good reason. And uh, yeah. they beat they beat that other team. Crazy. Not yeah. Um, and then they got the brakes beat off of them the next round by 20 points. It could have been way worse, too. So I promise anyway. we wouldn't talk about basketball. Yeah, so no, we still I'm going to ask you a strange question, Mr. Shark. Mm-hmm. Did you read Shaggy Bevo or 
is there was surly horns kind of existed whenever you were in school. how aware are you guys as the players of message boards in general like are y'all getting on 24 7 are y'all checking out inside texas like you know how often are y'all just checking out message boards let alone our message board uh, I, mean, me, I didn't look at a single one my whole four or five years or however long i was there smart Not man ever <laughs> smart um, man other players that just, may be listening do not fucking look at the message boards. Yeah, just don't. It, it was pointless. Like, those dudes don't play football. Like, there's no <laughs> chance they could ever strap up with you on Saturday. Why yep. are you reading what they have to say about your drops? They don't need to understand it to the, the real football, the real footwork behind it. And you're letting some 40-year-old, 4'8", 260-pound dude that's sitting there drinking a beer tell you how to play football? I think not. Yeah, this is this is hitting close to home. This feels like me. <laughs> No, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's like we'll be in the in the locker room, like, coach, your fat ass couldn't do this, and then you think I'm gonna listen to yep. someone that can't even coach me to do? Yeah, right. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. Very true. You know. Uh, speaking of that, how annoying is was your Twitter um, when fans are tweeting at recruits? Like, it's my least favorite thing in the entire world. Is like these grown like fifty year old men are just sending messages to sixteen year old boys, and I'm like, that's 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 just weird. It's predatory. Like what? Like how annoying was that as as a top hundred recruit? It is a a slippery slope. You can either take it and run with it and think you're the biggest thing that matters because everybody seems to think that you matter. It's like a girl with a big butt but an ugly face. Everybody wants to hit her, but nobody really wants to face ugly. You just gotta take it like a grain of salt, man. Like there's nothing these people can do for you. Um, you don't understand till you're later in your career, and a lot of it's gone. It's just immaturity. So you take it and it, it bothers you. You hear it, you read it. But as you get older, it's like, well, I'm not even reading that shit. Like, my parents would send me articles all the time about me. I never read one of them. Not one. Good, bad, indifferent. Never read them. Because it didn't matter. It's it's real strange. Nobody was, um, nobody's going to sit there and watch film with me for eight hours before they went home and I had to wake up at three the next morning to pee. Like, nobody was doing that. So what they had to say didn't matter. Yep, for sure. I, I mean, think it's crazy, too. Just like, it's it's why, why what's the point of tweeting that 16-year-old boy that please go to my school. It's like, do you really think that that one tweet is going to get that kid to pick Texas over a and it, it uh, it, You know, it, and especially the, the not, right, once a, a, a kid chooses a different school, that's fucked up, right? Just oh, the, yeah. Like, number one, don't treat it. Don't tweet it recruits. <clears throat> don't tweet so, recruits. Sharp. Easy, I, easy I own I own Surly Horns, and I, I ban people that tweet. Like, you don't tweet at recruits. It's, 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 it's <laughs> trying to talk rule. to a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> fucking rule. Yeah, you do but not speaking of everyone wants to feel important, recruits. man. Um, everybody doesn't is. get to be in the limelight like these kids and these guys that are growing up. Like, they see a 16-year-old on ESPN, and they're like, well, I've done 50 years of life, and I've never had this level of anything, the level yeah. of accomplishment, level of, of – feeling like i'm the man like i've never reached this pinnacle of the alpha male so they want to attack and try to be like the alpha male at the time and they're upset that it's someone that did it in a much shorter time than them man yeah that's a great point i mean and if you think about it too it's it's them reminiscing from their you know high school football days and thinking oh this if i got this tweet when i was a recruit i totally would have chosen texas yeah and and and, and you're right in the end it's just irrelevant but um, you know, we got to get into your recruitment a little bit, you know, being a top, you know, I think you're 62 in the nation on 247. Yeah, consensus. Um, well, yeah, you're consensus. Yeah. Consensus, your, let's just call it consensus top 65. Yeah, easy. 
But what was the craziest moment in your recruitment? When it all became real, it was really like, yo, you used to watch this list growing up, the ESPN, what is it, 150? Yeah. Or what is it, 300 for football? Some, some number, whatever. It's ESPN 150, uh, yeah. But it was just like going up, like I watched people get on this list. Like I've been looking at these names, watching their highlights, watching their combines. And now it's, it's whoa, that, that's me. Like kids are watching yeah. me. They're walking around with sharks. They're trying to be like, it was just, it all hit me at one time. Just, whoa, this is my actual that's life. Crazy. Like what I've been looking up to, the, the the alpha male superstar athlete, like what the movies portrayed you to be or what you're supposed to be. I was like, I was living that lifestyle. There. And it just, it yeah. just, it all clicked all of, at all of a sudden. Like you have a big responsibility to uphold, man. Um, I feel like same way you were looking at these kids they're looking at you now so you know pay attention I feel like now that we've got you back in that place and you have this frame of reference that is very unique to compare to when you were out there working out at pro day like mentally physically as a human how much stronger did you feel how much have you grown then yeah yeah, how much have you grown when you were a, a 17 year old kid that got your first offer to a d1 school uh it's, it's night and day really i'm nowhere near the same person um yeah i wanted to be this mature uh when i was that age but the experiences that i've had brought me to where i am now i couldn't do it without these like so i couldn't run this race without the hardships and adversities that i've had to overcome to become this smarter more realizing individual and i'm still not growing here and i'm just getting started so yeah, that's hell yeah. what is really scary scary to me is like the growth that I've had in five years, imagine what I have when I'm 45. Yep, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, obviously, I wasn't a, a great, you know, uh, soon to be professional athlete, you know, college athlete. But, you know, I, I, I grew more from my, you know, from when I graduated my senior year of college to when um, I got my first job and then learning, hey, this is what it takes to to be a professional and to be, you know, up there. So, I mean, you're having that plus, you know, being able to trade for your pro day and, you know, hopefully your future career as well. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's a testament to the strength because that's, it's crazy. I mean, that's, that's a lot to take it's on your lot. plate, especially, you know, this right young, out of school. It's, it's a lot, man. I have to worry about, well, should I have degrees, but I have no job. I, yeah. I want to play football. This is what I've trained my whole life for. It's not working out. It's not even in my hands. It's just, it's just a lot, man. Yep, bills are sure. still real. It just doesn't matter. Life just keeps going. Yep. Where I was going with that question is I'm I'm really glad you answered it the way that you were because I was gonna just cut that if you didn't answer it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and like the 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 amount of, of growth and and right the strength that you feel as like a man, right? Not to be sexist, but like you're a man. The that is is a really special thing and i think something that carries over into people that are really successful is understanding that i'm at the top of the world and that doesn't mean you stop climbing right you got to keep climbing you got to keep climbing you got to keep going and it doesn't matter where you think you are now but like it's it's not good enough and that's a that's a certain mentality that's a certain mentality that i think some people like you were talking about you know the four eight midgets that are drinking beer that have never been at the pinnacle of their life they'll never they'll never feel the way that you feel today because they don't right they don't feel that way right where i'm, I'm at going the top to do of the it. mountain but i gotta keep climbing yep they've sure. never worked their whole life for something and had it snatched away at the last second great point yep totally 
Yeah, and and yeah, and, and especially being in the spotlight like that, it's hard to grow as a person like that. You know, when you when you're cast expectations, it's hard to you know grow out of those expectations of you. Um, but it's you know kind of learning to take it in and um, you know adapt and grow and and focus on what's important. So you know, kudos to you for doing that. That's awesome. I mean, anybody with a McCombs you know degree is going to be set for life um, as long as they keep working and keep climbing up that mountain. And you know, kudos to you for doing that. Oh, thank you, thank you, man. Shoot, yep. it didn't come overnight, man. It, I was no. the same sixteen-year-old that had feeling like it wasn't my life anymore. Um, yep. It just took a lot of of hurt <laughs> for me to realize yep. that I can't keep going on like this, living for everyone else. I have to do it for myself. For sure. Speaking of your sixteen-year-old self, so you mentioned oh, that you were recruited by Matt question. Brown. Fuck you, fuck you. I'm going to ask this question. All Not right, you. let's hear it. Did Taylor Ham follow you into the bathroom? <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, you heard uh, that story right about him following Malik. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't follow me. Um, he had some. He was pretty, pretty consistent. He was a very consistent dude. I will say that. He's. I guess th- that's one thing. So, <laughs> hey, fuck you, Taylor Ham, if you're listening. Fuck you. Yeah, Jesus he's definitely Christ. listening. He's. 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 He was on the original version of the Surly Horns podcast before I came on, and and yeah, he's. That's an interesting dude. That's. But anyway, speaking of your recruitment, so you mentioned you were recruited by Mac Brown to start. So obviously you went through one coaching change recruiting you. So from Mac Brown to Charlie Strong, and then, you know, you've committed. And I, I guess you'd signed already when Charlie Strong got let go and Tom Herman came in. What, what was that? played a season for Strong. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you played your fir- your freshman season for Strong. So how were those transitions, yeah. not just in your recruitment, but your, you know, your first year? Man, so when we went from Mac to Strong, I didn't I didn't realize what was going on. I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was still worried about Superman capes on my socks. I didn't care. <laughs> um, I just knew it was a new coach there. It, it wasn't the same. I didn't really understand what all it entailed and what the recruiting process was really about to get into because I was just so new into it. I was just barely finishing up freshman years. I, I, didn't, I just didn't get it. Now, the second one, that, that one was hard. That's hard, especially because Charlie yeah, seems Sean like the most likable guy longer ever. than I played for him. Yeah, yeah. Sean recruited me from sophomore year until the day I signed, so yeah. that was just a hard let go of those coaches that I had built such a relationship with, and it it was so sudden. It was all just boom overnight. All right, well we're done here. Um, we're gone. I'm leaving right now. I'll never see you again. And my phone number's off. Peace. I was like, whoa, whoa, man. You just sat here and told my mom that you was gonna take care of me. What you talking about? Yeah. Man, and then and then Tom Herman walks in and tells <laughs> tells the linebacker to go oh, sit the God. fuck up while he's talking. And you're gonna and so. you're going fucking eat burnt toast and you're gonna wake up at three in the morning yeah, and in the fucking piss. Yeah, man, it was a complete three sixty. It went from family and we're here to make sure you're better to everything is a machine. Um, you're a machine. This program's a machine. We take a piece out, put a new piece in, it keeps going. That was the yeah. idea of Herman. Can't so can't it went from brotherhood like to it was it was just a different environment. Man. Well, uh, I mean, speaking of a new environment, so now we have Sark here. So, you know, what wh- what are your feelings on Sark? You think he's going to be a big success here? I think he's more like Coach Strong, but he has a greater grasp on football like Coach Herman did. Don't get me wrong. Herman gets the X and O's. Him and his dad, they get X and O's. Their people skills, I will say, weren't the best. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. They're not there to make you happy. Did anybody ever call him Mensa to his face? Call him what? Mensa. Mensa. No, what's that? 
Okay. Oh yeah, so, so he's he's a member of Mensa, the 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 genius society or whatever it's called. Basically, he's a certified genius where everybody basically uh, this shows that you don't check the message boards because everybody just calls him Mensa. That's good. Because That's good. it's a good thing. He, yeah, he's just bragged about him being in the in this this genius group Mensa for years and years and years. It's uh, officially it's officially it's officially the largest and oldest high IQ society in the world. I cannot bullshit you. Herman is definitely the smartest person in every room he sits in. That man is, is he the smartest, or does he like to you. act like it? No, he is legit the smartest. He's so smart, he's socially awkward at times, but ah. he's way smarter than what he even portrays. Like, if I would go sit down and have conversations with Herman completely outside of football about investments, about learning, about networking. Hell, he put me on with his realtor, who was the top realtor in the city for, um, multi-million dollar homes and uh sell of properties out in austin and my talk with herman was he was able to introduce me to his realtor and help me network and uh build my way up throughout the development game uh that was awesome. completely aside of football like herman's intellect was his greatest asset by far this season coming up we're all super excited who do you have breaking out this season who's going to be the you know the cock of the walk uh on defense um, Bijan you know, Robinson. Wait, yeah. you said defense? Defense. Yeah, Bijan Robinson. My boy T.O. <laughs> Which one? If he fits into the scheme, Tyler Owens, if he fits into the oh, scheme yeah. the way I think he will, it's, it's his year. That dude hits, man. Uh, it's I his mean, year, for sure. Dude, I love to hear that. I mean, he's one of those guys, especially with, you know, um, Xavier Alford coming out or transferring out, you know, it would be great to see somebody, you know, come in, take Caden Stern's spot. I guess that's where he's looking, right? Or do you think he's mm-hmm. going to be uh, switching down? He is one of the most talented safeties we have on the roster. We were just so deep for so many years. Caden, BJ, CV, uh, DeMarvion. We just had eight fucking five stars in front of him, so he could touch the field. It's crazy. But he's grown. He's developed. He's been in college now. I, I expect a big year out of him. Well, yeah, that's. I great. mean, you, you, you touch on something a, a little bit strange. Do you think that Merritt won starting positions under the Tom Herman coaching era, or do you think that there was some talent that was left on the sidelines to yet develop in practice because the maturity wasn't there? The DC we had was not good at developing talent, and he went off of who he recruited. He yep. didn't necessarily. I'll say I don't think he put the best people out there at all times. Um, I hear any any play. I think it was based off of his emotions too much. I could. Well, definitely it, see I that. mean, we're getting into uh, organizational politics a little bit. So there was autonomy from right the the person that was running the offense, the person that was running the defense, and the person that was running special teams. They did get to choose their guys. Uh, at least from the players' perspective. At least from the players' perspective. I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> Texas <laughs> is full of politics, man. Um, yeah. It goes beyond X's and O's where you play there. Um, it's not like A&M. It's not like a Baylor. Baylor's straightforward, best player plays. A&M straightforward, best player plays. You have a lot more to deal with in the eyes of society at the University of Texas and who you play and how it matters. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's not up to you, really. It's up to who signs your checks. Great point. Yeah, I mean, wow. I could totally see that. I mean, it's yeah, it. I mean, it's frustrating. Just so you know, from a fan's perspective, it's very frustrating for us. You know, seeing guys, you know, played out of position. I mean, Malcolm Roach was played as a Ooh. fucking inside linebacker. I mean, oh, it sounds, a, hold on, hold on. Jeffrey McCullough played as an inside like, linebacker, but I mean, we're not talk about it. Jeffrey McCullough played as an inside <laughs> linebacker. So, so I'm gonna say, so I'm a Mac made me delete a question. My question was, did you feel like you were played out of position? 
at the University of Texas. Absolutely. Thank All you. All right, next yeah. question. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I so nobody was more frustrated than me too. So I was, a, I was a big fan, you know, coming up, you know, with you getting recruited, you committing, and I'm thinking this guy's going to be screaming off the edge, and here you are just – Hitting I mean, let, let me say this. So I can't be mad at them because they did what was best for the team. I was the better athlete than 90% of the defense. So I did what I had to do in order to help us win for the next four years. And I'm cool with that. Um, as far as if that's where I fit, no. I was always um, the 6'3", long arms, outside backer, close the edge down and pass rush to block rusher, um, covered flats. Everybody knows that's me. Everybody sees it on film. It's not like it's a secret. but I, I did what I had to when the time called. My number was called. I needed to help my team, and that's what I did. And kudos to you because I wouldn't have been as big of a man because, um, honestly, just me with my own dumb brain, my own not-as-smart-as-Tom-Herman brain, I look at your film, and <laughs> I know this guy should be screaming off the edge. Like, you know, like Chris Ash used Joseph Osai last year. It's it's yeah. You have the long arms. You have the power. Why – like, I understand that, okay, it's making the defense better, then recruit better. Get an inside linebacker that will fit the position better. Why are you going to plug a square peg in a round hole when you could take that square peg and put it in a square hole? It, it Because they felt I was smart enough to be able to do it. Um, and you were. But listen, I went from a down lineman, hand in that dirt, outside playing a five tech, to barely standing up, leaving high school. To all of a sudden, yo, you have reads, you have plays, you have these gaps inside. I was like, gaps? Like, I ain't never had nothing but the D gap. What you talking about read from A to C on the backside? Like, I don't do that. So it, it was a no tough sense. transition. But I was so fast and, and agile and able to move around interior blockers that it didn't matter that I was able to make those plays. So yeah. it looked weird. I mean, but the job got done. So For sure. really fast question. Really fast question. Did Sam Ellinger really tell Kyler Murray to take the lost pussy at the end of the game? I don't know. I was too busy celebrating shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's, that's their problem. I was in the confetti doing angels. I was acting a fool all in the crowd with the hat. I had no clue what Hell happened, yeah. Bro. You wore the hat? Hell yeah, I wore the hat. Me and my mom wore the hat. I came and got her out of the hands. Oh, yeah. Come here, nice. put this hat on. You put it this took us forever to get here. Y'all done gave up everything. My mom and dad gave up everything to get me to that level. So when I was Hell finally yeah. able to, to share a bit of it with them, just the pure joy I saw, saw on their face, I was like, yeah. Y'all got to put this hat on. We've been watching this since Colt McCoy was hosting this. Hell uh, yeah. Is, there's no is way that I your can't. favorite memory? Favorite memory of your playing days? It was pretty damn. No, Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Whew. You're going to say okay. that and then and then not expand? Bro, like the only game on TV, uh, what was it, Memorial Day, Labor Day, something like that? Yep. On a Sunday, no NFL games, nothing but you and the number one team in the country. Everybody. Or what were we, three and like five, something crazy? Double overtime with a diving touchdown to win and a pile up in the end zone with too many people outside screaming and another 100,000 inside. You can never, ever compare that game to anything. Oh, man. I bet. Yeah, I remember watching that game live and just freaking out thinking, okay, we're back. <laughs> man, that game um, was so loud. Like the ground was uh, shaking. So I couldn't even get the hand symbols for it to go. I was just looking at Malik, where do I go? And he points at <laughs> the gap there. Bet. As soon as ball snap, I hit the gap. That's it. That's all I knew. That's I didn't know none of the plays. Do. That was my first game. And Kyle, I didn't know anything. Just running man. straight. <laughs> See ball, Run hit straight ball. hit somebody. You're playing special teams on defense. I love it. <laughs> Run straight. Man, I mean, I mean that's the best. That's the best type of uh, playing. No, really though. When you're not out there thinking, 
and you're just able to see a gap and go tackle, that's when you play the best ball. It, it starts to bite your ass with youth. Um, but as you get older, you can get away with it. Well, I mean, we yeah. saw that between Todd Orlando and Chris Ash, in my opinion. Instead of Todd Orlando calling a blitz on third and 17, instead, Chris <laughs> Ash just let athletes be athletes and stop overthinking it. You know, it doesn't need to be overthought. You know, you don't need to run a deep safety blitz every, you know, every third yeah, down. Y'all boys just throwing some shots out here, man. Oh, no shots. No shots. Hey, you I threw yeah, shots. I that, was a, that was a fucking shot. That was a fucking shot. <laughs> He said blitz on third and 17. I'm dead. <laughs> you said that. That happened. That happened. That I came did. out of your fucking mouth. It was an example of a down and distance, you know, I had to put out there. But either way, I mean, this, the safety blitz was not a great idea. I think the biggest thing is just when, when Chris Ash brought, was brought in, which, you know, I was I was down on the Ash hire. I actually like Todd Orlando. He just let athletes be athletes and stop overthinking it and stop worrying about, you know, hey, um, this is my assignment. This guy's coming off the edges. It was just, hey, look, just react. And when you just let these, you know, awesome athletes like yourself just react and use their God-given abilities, I mean, against, you know, some little five-seven guy named Deuce Harmon from Kansas State, you know, things can happen. I will tell you this. If you go back and watch the Kansas State game from my junior year, that was the first time Orlando ever let me be myself. And I had a hell of a game. I will watch that. the athlete on the edge versus Dalton Risner. Uh, the Broncos tackle right now. Oh, yeah. I watched right. my film. I got got my playbook. I studied throughout the week. I studied Dalton. And when the game came, Orlando didn't tell me anything. He said, go play. And, <laughs> and I had it. a hell of a game, man. That's it. That's all you got to do. You know, we're recruiting the best and the brightest. Let them be you the best get out and the, the way. brightest. Yeah, just, just you don't yeah, get out of here. put a governor on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, That's exactly you it. Top, now you, you're you don't run shots. a top deal dragster on fucking <laughs> gasoline. Um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about your time on campus, but off the field. Okay. Did you live on campus the whole time? No, I got kicked out the dorm, so I'm not even gonna lie to you. Right, right. Okay, so <laughs> uh, yeah, so they were too strict, bro. They wouldn't let us ride hoverboards. I had a pit bull in my dorm room. Uh, oh man, <laughs> I, I was just going. My music was always too loud. I got rid. God damn it. Okay, so this question yeah, ruined. I was gonna say, did you like living on or off campus better? And then now, no, <laughs> no, no I'm don't get me wrong. Campus. The dorms were the best time of our lives. We had Call of Duty battles. We it was one week straight where one dude had BB guns and he was shooting everybody. We don't know. We don't even remember who started it. So everybody in the dorms went to the academy and bought the biggest BB gun, automatic metal BBs. And we're just lighting oh dudes God. up, waiting on the elevator door to open up, just lighting dudes up. It turned into a full out Call of Duty battle. It you got couldn't so do bad. Airsoft? It got, no, it was, it got so bad that they called the actual police because we were building barricades in the dorms. Like, we were tearing people up. It was war. People <laughs> couldn't even awesome. live there. So they call the police in and the police come and get coached. They're like, look, we need to we need to walk the dorms, but you need to go there and tell all your players to put their guns up because we're not going to ask questions. We're going to shoot. We, we don't know that's a BB gun that looks like a gun. We're going to shoot. So coach Jesus. calls us up at like two in the fucking morning. He wakes everybody up in the door. Everybody get up. TV right now. The police has called me. We're like, bro, they really called you because we were shooting airsofts. Like, Air you got soft. us over here at two in the morning for for our game. Oh my he made God. it. They came over there. They marched us back from the team room, asked everybody who had them. And if you told you had it, they walked back to your dorm and took them with them. Like, they came and picked everybody's guns up. <laughs> and then the cops came through. They came to talk to us. It was just, that was one of the best times in the dorm. I take that back. That's time number two, but during the transition of when Strong got fired to Herman being hired, we didn't have a coach from the last Ooh. game we lost in November until 
February, damn it. That's true. That is true. I, bruh, bruh. We had money. We had nobody to tell us what to do. No academic advisors, no coaches, (laughs) no workouts. And they were paying us like two, three thousand a month. Damage. We was like, yeah, yeah, it's time to go crazy. (laughs) We did everything we wanted to do. There was no class. There was, but how how did you every day? What was the it was the first time the best pooled resource thing that you did? Like where you could pool your resources together. Yeah. What do you mean? Like yeah, like, like during that time. Like during that like, time. Like, like talking. Yeah. yeah. If you pooled your resources together and said, We're gonna we're gonna all put money together to do this one thing. Did y'all have like a big Toga or did party everybody or just shit? go and buy cases and kegs and just I was like, there was no need for one big thing. Everything was a big thing every oh, day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, you go to two liquor about two hundred dollars worth of liquor every day. Oh my nice. god! Person, it was Ooh. nothing else to do. We weren't going to class, so it's not like we had homework. We was gonna be drunk the rest of the night. We were gonna go out. We were gonna spend all night out four or five. Yeah, it's off season. Yeah, it was off season. Imagine how that piss test would go. Started in November. <laughs> we had nothing to do. It was amazing. And then Tom Herman shows up and you're taking piss tests. So <laughs> Yeah, it was a quick turnaround, bro. We was like, wait, I just didn't have to go to class. Now I gotta be up six hours earlier than that. So is Char is Charlie's finger really that long? You know, there's that picture of him when he's got the hat on and he's pointing his Always. finger. Is it really that long? Always pointing that little ass finger. Uh I don't know. <laughs> Charlie has just a little period. Just a little angry mint munchkin all the time. Just angry. We've seen that step stool. So you gotta you gotta watch it, man. He's he may want he may want some fucking shark action over yeah. there in Jacksonville. He right? Come, I mean he's a linebacker's he, coach. He's a linebacker's yeah. coach in the NFL now. That's right. I guess he is. Uh I just talked to him and BJ not too long ago. Um nice. We'll see if something happens there if something shakes there strong. It's a, has, like how's family. he feeling? Is he pretty? Is he feeling pretty good? Is he liking? Uh, is he liking his new setup? Is he liking being back with with Herber, uh, Urban Meyer, and busy? This is what I'll say. They're busy over there. Very very busy. You Keeping know, them you, going. So whenever you said you, you didn't were, read the message boards, you said you don't read the. Do you read them now? Nope. Because we had this fucking thread that was uh, uh, thousands of pages long. Um, where everybody was convinced at Texas that Urban Meyer was going to come here, <laughs> and talks happened. I remember that. <laughs> yeah did you did you hear a lot of that? You know, from players and stuff. I was like, yeah, we hear it. Um, yeah, we don't take it too serious until something's all said and done. Because shit, if you listen to all of them, you'd have had Saban, you'd have had Urban, we'd have had everybody, we'd have had Les Miles. Well, I mean, they were shopping for houses. Yeah, they were basically. 12 hey 12 million dollars is what was left on the table and urban meyer turned it down to go coach the jaguars so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that plays out oh shit urban did get 12 mil oh he got he got he they matched him supposedly okay so you raged in between you know the strong and herman eras and then you were off campus for a bit uh living in wherever you were living south congress did, oh nice so it's beautiful that's an area right there how, how often yes, do you get homeless <laughs> way too often that's why i was 260 in college yeah you're about to get spun down to dt <laughs> if i wasn't careful really though yeah so sure. what was the weirdest thing that happened to you not football related and seemingly not player related where you were just in austin as a person and you were just out and about 
you get in with reality once you take your jersey off. You realize that you're nothing more than a number uh, asset to the team. And when you're no longer recognized as that, you're not treated like such. So I had a situation where I was um, just finished my final for the number one finance program in the country. Um, I wanted to celebrate. We're normally supposed to eat healthy. So I decided to go to Whataburger. Um, I'm going to treat oh, myself yeah. to my, one of my favorite burgers. South first, while or, I was there, South first or on campus? On campus, on Guad. Okay. And while I'm there, um, a homeless man decided that I was not one of his favorites because I decided to not give him some money for whatever his activities were, whatever he wants to partake in. I told him no. And so he called the police and gave them a description of a black male in a black vehicle that had just beaten a woman up in his car and uh, robbed him at gunpoint. So the police pulled up to Whataburger and I fit the description, of course. Um, and I was taking out the car, profiled, you know, they beat shit out of me, broke my phone, pulled my car, arrested me. And uh, all that over, over a dollar, man. Uh, it was just wow. a weird, surreal feeling. Like I've done everything I can for this university. I'm getting a fucking master's, but at the end on of the campus. day, I'm still just a black man, y'all. I mean, nothing more, nothing less. So that was probably one of my weirdest and worst experiences I've lost. Yeah, that's that should be the worst experience for any human. Nobody, nobody deserves to go through something like that. That's fucking heavy, man. That's, I mean, it's that's crazy. That's crazy. And you know it. You know, I, I just can't I can't relate to experiences like that. And just hearing something like that just puts everything into perspective for you. The world's fucked up, dude. <laughs> the world's fucked. And, you know, yes, I it think is. it's, you know, and I think it's it's on us to make it a better place to, um, you know, to raise our children. Obviously, you know, uh, I'm a Mac as a kid. You know, I have two and, you know, just treating that, you know, teaching them the right way to go about things where it's not about that. It's it's just hard. And, you know, to, to see that on the news and to see, you know, what what what's what's not reported to the news like that wasn't, you know, just to see oh, what happens. Slip under you know, the the it's fucking crazy. It's, yep, and it, it really so, and it was really just an eye-opening experience. It was like, damn, these same cops are the ones that do the fucking police escort for me to get into the stadium on game day. And y'all are out here beating the shit out of me now. Like y'all don't even realize who I am. And you'll be standing right next to me in two days, yeah. walking me in with my shoulder pads. Man. That's crazy. Man. And that's, that's what I was gonna wild. ask is um some of the stuff that we saw this past season was way overdue right way way overdue mm. for taking a stand way overdue for some of the things that we talked about awareness and yeah not to get we call our politics boards called the cloakroom for i don't know if you know but there's this we're not a cloakroom bar podcast, there's this no. bar down like next to the capitol called the cloakroom and that's why it's called the cloakroom but not to get into too much of the political side of this, but how much did you feel that really affected the way that people carried themselves on campus, around campus, around the program? And have you seen a shift since this all has really gone down in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months in the way that things are viewed, especially from the university's perspective. So I wasn't at school when any of the reforms started to happen, when they started right. changing the song or any yeah. of that, I was already gone. Um, yeah, you were already but gone. I can see it from the outside looking in and from talking to some of the guys I know on the team, it seems like it's some actual things being changed and we're being heard finally. Cause campus. Well, is I'm saying your awkward. perspective from like what you actually experienced from what you perceive being the experience now. So I, I really can't say, cause I wasn't physically in it, 
I can only say what I'm seeing from the outside. So they could okay. release as many presses as they want, but they could really not be listening to shit and just saying something. So I, yeah. I don't know, and I don't want to give you an answer, and I don't honestly know. Of course. Yeah, yeah no, and, and you know, I think I think the biggest thing is just bringing that awareness to it, uh, bringing awareness to the issue, and uh, and making sure that, you know, every, it is an inclusive, you know, environment, as everything in the world should be. You know, there it's it, it just makes me mad and sad. Um, that it even needs to be a have a you know a conversation, but obviously it does. So um, you know, hopefully, just things keep getting better and progressing. That's all you can ask for, honestly. Because now that all this has come to light and the cops see that there are consequences for their actions, they'll think twice about the next kid that they rip out of car on campus. Okay. Yeah, they may not have thought about it with me, but that may be my brother next time. For At sure. least they'll have to think about it before twice before they even put their hands on you. Yep, that's all you can ask. I mean, yeah, just a chance to survive. That's all I wanted. Well, moving past some heavy stuff. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, I was going to say, yeah. uh, who's your favorite recruit? In the 2022 <laughs> class? Jesus fucking Christ. But no, that's good. You know, this is, this is what this platform is here for. It's not just for, you know, for laughs and, and to talk about football, you know, it is to make a difference. Um, I think, you know, and, and any chance, any, any voice that gets it gets a chance to express that voice and their opinions to it. It could just be one, you know, if it's one mindset change that makes a difference. So, you know, thank you for sharing your perspective because it's it's one that I can't ever share. Absolutely, man. Uh, so, you know, rolling back into football, let's get a little football talk for a close this out. I know we've taken a lot of your time, but, you know, what's your prediction next season? What are we going to look like? Uh, it's so hard to judge right now. Like, no, I, spring I just don't just know with this corona. Yeah. Uh, let me let me go first. So let me go first. Bijan Robinson runs for 1600 yards. Heisman. Yes. No. <laughs> I don't know how many uh, touchdowns, yeah, but sixteen like, hundred. I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think he's gonna go off. I think he's gonna be a monster. I don't. I, I just don't know. That's that's a tough, that's a tough feat right there. Uh, we'll see. I know it is. I know. Yeah, it is. I mean, hey, Stan Drake is not Stan like Drake and, He's and it's he, not just dude. like he's the only running back there too. I mean, Roshan Johnson's a beast in himself. That's so. what I'm saying. I was like, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think either of those guys skips like they <laughs> from the spring practice videos. Jesus, they like to hurt people, and that's a good thing. But yeah, what, that. that was never wrong. <laughs> Like we could never yeah. touch Roe. That's why I just don't get it. He's a quarterback. Where did this come from? We couldn't He's touch a quarterback. You. How did you become physical? Yeah. He was a quarterback, just you know, throwing throwing touchdowns, you know, and and now he just wants to put his his screws into somebody's chest. I love it. Yeah, no, that shit just don't make sense to me at all. Ro used yeah. to Ro used to get in trouble for sliding at practice, and now he's <laughs> one of the toughest runners in the Big Twelve. I don't fucking get it, but whatever. That's whatever. I don't know about just the Big Twelve, right? In the fucking NCAA, yeah, you saw man, Sam Ellinger hit too many people. Must have. Yeah. That, that was just another thing. Like all of them, just some hard headed motherfuckers. Just all want to hit somebody. Y'all play quarterback. Bro. Throw the football. <laughs> just throw it. Just come on. <laughs> did Sam? Did Sam? Did Sam like to get physical in practice? Was yes, Sam like Sam would get physical in practice? Yes. Like we couldn't touch him. Yes. Oh my god. But he, he, but he can touch hard, you. Bro. Yes. But he can touch you. Yes. Oh my god. I bet. That's not fair. Like we couldn't in practice until offense won. We could stop him eighty times in a row until offense got a score. We weren't stopping practice. Oh, so Man, Sam. So, that, so did Sam start to take it like real serious after? Like, if that was a rule, did Sam take that like real serious? Sam took everything serious from day one. <laughs> <laughs> Sam took everything serious. Nice. I mean, he did. He was just a professional from day one. That's the reason they had so much faith in him to play, put him out there as a freshman to compete with Shane. He came yeah. in like a grown man. I mean, that USC game, I mean, that alone, I was bought in. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, 
If, if Sam didn't come in with the grown man mentality he had, there was no way he was able to step into that scenario. No, that's I awesome. think it's very few quarterbacks that come in ready to play like that. Shane and Sam were two of them, for sure. Yep. It's crazy to see to, to think, too, they were competing. I mean, then you look what Shane did at SMU, and you're like, holy shit, like, <laughs> there are yep. two players here. I mean, man, I remember watching – we talked about it on the podcast before. I remember watching Shane – his first spring game and being like, this guy fucking balls. Shane just didn't fit in this system. He needed better receivers. Not to say our receivers are bad. Like, not, not no, no shots at none of our guys. I love all y'all out there, man. But he needed an elite receiver or two because um, he had that type of arm. Shane can make the boundary side to the field sideline throw. You feel me? And yep. we just didn't have players that could run routes that would equate to that ball coming. We had yeah, Colin totally Johnson, but I mean, yeah, Colin. you put two people on him, shit, that, that's over with. And then we had LJ, and we were able to sling the ball around with him. But then we lost him after one year. He blew up. So it's just Shane really never had a chance to get going because he got in with the freshmen. They were just getting their feet under him. Um, Colin wasn't nearly what he was at the end. LJ wasn't was what he was at the end. It was just Shane needed a Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Off the rip. That was a problem. Yep. I mean, that's, I totally agree with that. And it, it, it was always funny with those offense. It was always one position lacking. So when you yeah. had the skill positions, yeah. you had the running back, the offensive the line players. wasn't there. Yeah. We when, the, when the, players, bro. yeah, when the wide receiver wasn't there, the, or the offensive line was there. So nobody was open. So it's just like, it, it just never clicked. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know how far you have to go back to, you know, figure out whose fault that is, but I think there's a lot of people. It was way before strong. It hadn't clicked since since Colt got hurt, basically. Yeah. David came in, he got hurt. Swoops came in, he wasn't the Colt or Vince. Then her, he wasn't none of them. It just it was a long path of of not right until Shane. So Shane didn't really stand a chance. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel I feel pretty strongly about David Ash, but David Ash got fucking yeah, he just got hurt too soon. Brain damaged. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. fucking, that's a bummer. Yeah, um, big time bummer. And I think so he was we, the best one that's ever come through there, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean yeah, he was great. Yeah, he, I mean, he read better than, than VY. Colt was just a playmaker. Um, I think David was going to be the best. That's uh, what he really was incredible. Was. He was incredible. Uh, it, I mean, it was it was so fun to watch that guy play from where I sit. But concussions, man. I, I mean, they're real. That's a I mean, real deal. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I mean, I, a lot of you. <laughs> hey, I've I had I had four in high school, and I still get migraines. So. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all take it all these hits. Every so. day. We live. You'll live. Yeah, that's true. Do you follow recruiting, like active recruiting, much? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I should. I should much better at it. I just got so much going on, bro. I don't have time to watch little kids right now. I'll see you when they get on the field. Because I know what it that's means. True. Like, you can be five-star and you won't play ever. You can be a one-star, two-star and be fucking Sam Cosby by the time you leave. It just depends Ooh. on if you're willing to put your head down and work. It doesn't matter what you do now. And you and your little tights running around, touching people, playing tag football, that shit don't mean nothing. You get up and play LSU, you get off the edge of uh, guys, watch what happens. You're going to spin off you just like you spun off me, touchdown. That shit does yeah. not matter. Preach. Yep, that's facts. Yeah, it's it's all about the work ethic. We keep coming back to it, you know, putting your head down and climbing that mountain, man. Because Joe didn't come in like that at all. Joe was really uncoordinated, a weird kid, like, when he got there. He didn't fit at all. And he turned yep. into a first-rounder by the time he left just because he worked. Worked. He yeah. worked his way into that position. Yeah, that, that guy had a motor man i mean yeah that's crazy unbelievable motor all right so you can't tell us which nfl team that you want like that you desire most whoever wants to pay me to be (laughs) (laughs) but 
as as somebody that grew up a football fan, who are some of your favorite NFL players that you admired growing up? And then what are some of your favorite franchises or your favorite franchise? Or who's scouting you? Um, I really thought I was going to win the state championship, go to UH, win a natty, then go play for the Texans and win the Super Bowl, you know. That's all every Houston little kid dream, like everything in the city. Um, of course, life has not happened like that. <laughs> but um, literally, whoever wants to pay me, I don't care where I go. Um, <laughs> of course, I have loyalty to the Texans. Just I'm, I'm a Houston man. The hell, they're tattooed on my leg. Um, that's my city. That's where I'm from. Not uh, me anymore. I yeah. If you go back and listen to a couple of podcasts, I I, I gave them up. I I've rooted them for rooted for them since 2002, and I I I decommitted. Yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. And especially well, now, I'm, like I said, I'm not out. here for politics. I'm not here for none of that. Just send me a paycheck every Tuesday, and we are good to go. Um, I ain't <laughs> no. got nothing to do with what y'all with Sean, none of that. That has nothing to do with me. I'm here to do my job and my job only. Facts. So that brings us to the most important question yet: Stack rank your favorite three cereals. Honey bunches of oats. One. Cinnamon Great. toast crunch. Two. Uh. Dang, what's three? Either Frosted Flakes or Cocoa Plus for three. Strong. Dude, I, we were we were we were twins until the third. My my, I, like seriously, one and two, same same for me. My third, Fruity Pebbles, all day. Oh, yeah, yeah see, one. now that was my brother. I couldn't do like the different textures and taste the color. It was just too much for me. I need. I'm no simple I'm man. Like Honey Bunches, old one taste. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, one taste. Uh. Reese's, that was about as diverse as I got. Like, I didn't do the Fruit Loops and Fruity. I could do all that. <laughs> so I like mine, my one flavor, what it's supposed to taste like. Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. That's mine. I love yeah, it. Yeah, there we that go. That yeah. shit. It has to be the Crunch Berries. Otherwise, you're just cutting the roof of your mouth for no fucking mm. reason. I can't, but I can't, I can't eat any Captain first, Crunch um, without smoking uh, uh, too much weed. Because <laughs> because yeah, I just it, it turned. There's a certain point where you're high enough to where the cutting of the roof of your mouth is enjoyable. Kind of. That's when I good. really love Captain Crunch. <laughs> you got to let it sit in the milk for a good minute before you even touch it, though. For sure. If you even but, think about it, you go have a shredded mouth. But also, if you're like, I, I'm a big dry cereal guy. Like, if I'm like not going milk, I, I mean, I don't care Captain Crunch, and then I just wake up the next morning and just. You brush your teeth and your mouth is just on fucking fire between the mint and the blood. Uh, but it's yeah, delicious nah. while it's happening to you. So, uh, no, nah. cinnamon toast crunch dry. I mean, that's toast Wait. crunch. Uh, Captain Crunch dry is not it. That's like even uh, Popeye's have... biscuit dry. That's just not it. <laughs> <laughs> not it at all, bro. Did you, but did you, you said cinnamon toast crunch. Did you see the shrimp tails in the cinnamon toast crunch? Huh? Oh, what happened today? Y'all have to look this up. So this guy on Twitter, he posted about Cinnamon Toast Crunch and said, hey, Cinnamon, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, why are shrimp tails in my cereal? They were cinnamon-coated, sh- sugar-coated shrimp tails at the bottom of his Captain Crunch. Turns out a rat got in the box at Costco and had brought in shrimp tails. Um, they were shitting in it. And there was string inside of the the cinnamon toast crunch, and Ooh. cinnamon toast crunch got all heated about it too. They're like, "That's not ours. That's not us." It's like it's real. Like you got to get on Twitter and you got to look up shrimp tail cinnamon toast crunch and just read the entire fucking thing. It's it's the craziest when story did this ever. Happen? Literally like today or yesterday. That's disgusting. 
it had like 30,000 retweets or something on Twitter. It's like the biggest story in the world right now is is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They're taking a hit. Oh, yeah. Short it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's Wait, it. What, what is it? Kellogg? Short Kellogg in the morning for sure. Yeah, for sure. At least for the opening. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll buy it the dip. <laughs> yeah. So catch it around 10 a.m. Uh, tomorrow. It'll be all right. Yep. So there's the, the there's a lot that goes on on Surly Horns that. I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't, or unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know how you frame it, that have absolutely nothing to do with sports, Austin, UT Athletics, none of that. And one of the best threads on the board right now is about these things called sugar babies. What do you know about sugar babies? Been one a few times. I mean, it was college. You got to do what you got to do, man. There you go. So there's this one guy. We're going to call him Uncle Boobs because that is his name on the board. He likes to perform cunnilingus like a lot on women. It's almost like, like from what we understand, at least from sugar babying, what we've, what we've absorbed is that the objective is actually to, uh, you know, PYTs, pretty young things are Mm -hmm. the sugar babies and then the sugar daddies are like the ugly old men or just like dudes that have money or like whatever no i mean sugar uh, moms too it's really like all the old all the old ladies that who husband work all the time and they just go sit at like the groves or places in austin that have wine all day and get drunk if you walk in like two or three tall handsome black men that are young they're all over immediately (laughs) go sit at the bar drink some wine with them talk for about an hour Get them to go ride some bikes around town, do some young shit. Some they ain't done in a minute. Give them a, a little exhilarating feel. Oh yeah, they gonna call you next week. They gonna hey, do something. They gonna take you to lunch. Nice. They gonna pay for some nice. stuff. Hey, uh, you wanna pay for the Wi-Fi bill this month? Sure, I got you. How much? Two hundred. Hell yeah. <laughs> Getting everything so, paid for a TV, Wi-Fi, phone. Yeah, Breaking news: Shark McCulloch was a was a yeah. sugar baby. I love it. He was a sugar baby. Uh, <laughs> man, look. Zero judgment. <laughs> so where I was going with that is our friend Uncle Boots. He he's a giver. He oh, has don't ask the questions. jaw of a velociraptor. He you're gonna ask a question. I just can't let you ask the question. But no. supposedly this guy has given Cunnilingus um for seven to eight hours straight. He's given what? Yeah, he ate uh, some girl's pussy sex. for like seven hours. Yeah, yeah, he, Bruh. yeah, he. Bruh. <laughs> hey, that, that dude a trooper this shit. Yeah, exactly. up. Like, God, how do you God. even? Oh, yeah. I think I said it would cramp up like a dehydrated seven-year-old at a soccer game. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, don't, I don't. I think I'm a warrior, but I don't know if I can go that long, baby. <laughs> Hey, it's all about climbing that mountain. We're going to go back to the serious stuff again. It's about climbing that mountain, right? <laughs> I think yeah, we got to end there on that note. That's Mount Everest. <laughs> Man, I don't know about that one. <laughs> that's like some without oxygen shit. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know how you did that. Man, well, I think we should end it there. I think you yeah. got to end it with eight hours. But Shark, thanks again for coming on, man. This is great. You know, we had a great time. Um, you know, open invite anytime you want to come on or if any of your former teammates want to come on, open invite for them. They always have a platform to speak uh, with Surly Horns podcast. And, um, you know, shout out your Twitter, shout out your business ventures. You know, let's let's let the yeah. Surly shout listeners. Shout out whatever you want to shout out. Yeah, let's get Absolutely, it. man. Y'all go check me out on Instagram and Twitter at jmcculloch17 on Twitter and 23 on Instagram. Um, 
on Instagram, there's links in my bios to all of my different pages that we have, uh, Life After Media, JD Booking. And if you have any type of ventures that you would like to talk to me about, discuss, if you want me to uh, consult on a project with you or anything of that nature, feel free to hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, TikTok. They're all the same thing. Excellent. Well, thanks again, man. And yeah, we can't wait to get this out um, and hook them. Absolutely, man. Hook them. Thank you guys for having me.